interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Welcome to the 2023 Dakar Rally Edition of the Chasing Waypoints Podcast. Bringing you daily updates as competitors take on over 5,000 miles in 15 days across the Arabian Peninsula. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any updates. And if you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Chasing Waypoints for more updates and news from the bivouac. That being said, let's get to it. All right. So we are coming to you guys live. This is going to be interesting. I apologize for the audio quality. We are in a hotel in the middle of Minnesota, Dunville, I think, to be exact. And yeah. We're out here for my brother's wedding, and so it was going to be a little bit tricky getting a live episode or getting a new episode done, but I'm too excited to wait to get back to San Diego to record an episode, so I figured, hey, you know what? We're just going to give this a shot from the hotel room. So you guys heard the new intro. I appreciate you guys are tuning in for this, but let's get right to it. So Dakar 2023 underway. Just got the prologue out of the way, well, a few hours ago. And now the guys are sleeping and everybody, all the teams uh, are getting ready for tomorrow's stage. Um, That's just going to be a loop from sea camp to sea camp. So we'll talk a little bit about the stage here in just a second. But man, 11 Americans out at the Dakar this year participating. And it is absolutely awesome. Got a couple of team photos already of the whole group together. Uh, You have the American Rally Originals. You know, Paul Neff, David Pearson, Jim Pearson, Kyle McCoy, Mo Hart. Those guys all grouped together in the Malamoto class. Uh, Peter Angelovec, and then you have uh, Ace Nilsson as well as Jacob Argybright on that side of it. And then in the pro level and the GP side, you've got Mason Klein, you've got Skyler House, and you've got Ricky Brabeck. So great showing for them on the prologue. So for those of you guys playing the home game, the prologue, if you remember, is basically like qualifying. So really what you're doing in that instance is you're just going out, shaking the bike down, getting your navigation on for a really short stage. And all it really does is help you or help determine the starting order for the next day. So I've been looking at the results of the starting order. I posted some of the stuff on Instagram, but what I'm noticing on Instagram versus what I'm noticing on the Dakar app uh, are a little bit different. So I'm curious to see how it shakes down. The guys are asleep right now, so I'm not going to bother them with that. Uh, We're going to see how this shakes out. Again, the prologue really doesn't matter only on the first day. You know, it was was already said by one of the teammates of the ARO uh, team is, hey, you know what, Uh, 13 kilometers at the beginning of this and it's going to be over 8,000 kilometers total or you know six miles for the total of 5,300 miles that it's going to be is not as important uh, as the first stage and then the stages after that so uh, really this is just not to get too far down that rabbit hole and and not get not beat it up beat yourself up over it but it's one of those things that hey you know what let's let's get this rally going so stage one coming in hot uh, first bikes are going to be leaving here in a few hours. So, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but right now, as it stands, I figure I'll just give you guys the rundown. This is what we're seeing in the Dakar app. So if you haven't already downloaded this, uh, you could go to the app store, download the Dakar 23 app, and you're going to be able to see the information that I'm seeing here. So 
went ahead and filtered it down to the Americans only for this group. Uh, once we get into the stages, we'll talk a little bit more about the other competitors, but we'll bring you their standings first. So right now, currently on the app, it is showing that Skylar House is now the fastest. Earlier it was showing it was Ricky Brabeck, but now it's showing Skylar House fastest through the stage uh, on state or on the uh, prologue. So as it looks, he's going to be the first American on the race course uh, for tomorrow. Uh, then it's going to be followed up by Mason Klein. Uh, Ricky Brabeck will be the third out for the uh, American contingent. Uh, so let's see here. So what it actually looks like right now currently, right? So Skyler House would be fourth off the line. Mason Klein would be 13th off the line. Ricky Brabeck would be 21st off the line as the third American off the line. Then you've got Jacob Argybright. Uh, he is going to be 49th off the line. Now, remember, you're 170 competitors deep on this, so pretty much the entire uh, the entire ARO field is within that 135, kind of in towards, not all the way to the back, but hey, you know what? Uh, that's, again, <laughs> the prologue is nothing. Uh, okay, so then we've got Paul Neff. He's going to be the fifth fastest or fifth American off the line. He's going to be starting 76th. Uh, Peter Angelo Vec, sixth off the line. He's going to be 103 off off the line there. Uh, then it's going to be Ace Nilsson uh, with the Dust Rally team. He is going to be 104 off the line. David Pearson going to be nine, uh, 105 off the line. Kyle McCoy is going to be 119th off the line. Jim Pearson is going to be 133 off the line. Mo Hart is going to be 135 off the line. So again, that is kind of how they're stacked in that order as far as the American contingent goes that's racing the Dakar this year, the 23 Dakar. Uh, those are the tentative starting positions because, again, in the last couple of hours, I've seen this change back and forth from uh, Ricky Brabeck being up top, Mason Klein, and then Skylar Howes to now Skylar Howes being up top, uh, being fourth off the line. So not really sure what's going on there. I don't know if there's some penalties involved, some stuff going on. Uh, remember the prologue as it being a shakedown. There are still some things you got to abide by. So we'll we'll get more of that story coming up. So Anyway, so that's the that's the starting order. Let's take a look, uh, just really quick, uh, who our top 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 guys were. Uh, off of that, let's see here. Let's go back to the stage standings here. So right now, as it sits on the app, is Toby Price was your fastest on the prologue, uh, putting down a time of eight twenty two. Daniel Sanders finishing up second, eight twenty three. Uh, so one second difference. So Toby probably on that 822.59, and then Daniel Sanders on that 823 flat. So the Australians out front. Ross Branch also out there, and he is third, uh, finishing 831, so nine seconds. So nine seconds dividing the top three uh, competitors for this start. So we'll see what it looks like again, because, again, there was a little bit of confusion there as to far as how that starting order is shaping up and what they're doing. You know, this... This page here is showing uh, Beretta fourth, Benavides fifth, uh, Rodriguez, Joaquin Rodriguez sixth, and then Matthias Wachner seven, uh, eight for Bueller, Sam Sunderland nine, uh, Ricky Brabeck ten, and then Pablo Quintanilla eleven, uh, Mayo twelve, Svitko thirteenth, Luciano Benavides, Skyler House's teammate, fourteenth, fifteenth for Sherenia. Uh, Adrian Van Beveren, newcomer to the Monster Energy Honda team uh, in 16th and then 17th, Mason Klein. So I'm curious to see how, like, normally this transfers directly over. So we'll see what it looks like tomorrow morning 
Um, I'm just trying to get, you know, get our legs straight because I know this is the first day that got everybody in timing and scoring and in the apps. I'm sure they're they're getting used to, okay, here comes the round. Here comes, you know, we got to get the rust off and get going again with this result. So let's take a look here. So we've got that out of the way. Let's talk about tomorrow's stage or really uh, the next stage, which is going to be stage one, Saturday the 31st uh, for them. And then let's see here. Stage one, latest rankings, we've got that. Okay, uh, let's take a jump here. All right, so special stage. Going to start them off strong with 367 kilometers of special stage, 234 kilometers of racing. So, uh, or excuse me, of liaison. So the liaison stage, for those of you guys who remember, that is commuting to and from the bivouac, depending on how it is split up. So that is what they're going to be doing. Let's get uh, let's get the calculator out here so we can get uh, get you guys the right numbers here. It'll just take me a second to. I'm like seriously doing this in my uh, hotel room. I don't know if you guys can tell the uh, the audio quality probably not the the best, but you know what? We'll just you know we're just going to make it happen. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? We get out an episode, and then uh, when I get back, we get back into the studio and we can do all of the fun stuff, but. I'm absolutely excited because we've got, you know, 11 Americans out there uh, working directly with the American Rally Originals. They're giving me their information and stuff, and I'm getting that out to uh, their social media and stuff, and and I'm getting to see a little bit more. Also, if you guys didn't already check out the story, uh, I did mention some stuff with uh, Mason Klein already, and we were not, uh, excuse me, uh, I already got some information out from him. Uh, but I also shared a story with a link to his profile. And if you haven't already, uh, you want to subscribe to him. He has got, uh, some inside content that he is doing for his stuff, uh, for the Dakar. And it's pretty cool. And there may or may not be a very exclusive video of him, uh, on the prologue stage. So it's pretty interesting to see if you're into pedal cams and stuff like that, uh, you're going to get a kick out of it. So, uh, definitely want to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, you can check out the story on Instagram at Chasing Waypoints. Check, go through the stories, and you're going to see it there. There's a link. Click on that link, and then you'll be able to find that subscribe button right in the middle there. So all of that, you know, that does help what he is doing, his racing and stuff like that. So that does have a direct impact on his ability uh, to go out to do these events uh, and, and pick up some of the stuff. So we'll talk a little bit more about that one. Let's see here. So 237 kilometers times points. Six, two. All right, 146 miles. So they've got 146 miles of commuting from the stage start or from the bivouac to the stage start or divided up between the finish line and back to the bivouac so or campsite pits, however you want to refer to them. But in rally, it's known as the bivouac. So, okay, let's get back to it here. We'll jump on the app. We did get some more information, too, from them as far as uh, what the stages look like for tomorrow. So it is going to be a long day for the guys tomorrow. Uh, we're looking at 603 kilometers total with 368 kilometers of actual racing. So 0.62 is the conversion. So 360, uh, 368 times 0.62, that's going to get you the total miles, uh, roughly looking at about 200 miles there. Sunrise at Sea Camp is going to be at 7.13 a.m. Uh, with a sunset of 17.53. Uh, taking a look here. 
at the stage. So Bivouac, first bike is going to be leaving at 6.10 in the morning. And then 7.30 will be the stage start on that one. So if you're looking at it, you're looking at 50 plus 30. Uh, so you're looking about an hour and 20 minutes uh, worth of commuting to the beginning of the stage or from the end of the stage back too. So it looks like we have got, based on what they're talking, it looks like they've got a short liaison in the morning and then they've got a little bit longer of a liaison in the afternoon. So uh, road section being 42 kilometers in the beginning and then a road section at the end being 193 kilometers. Their first gas stop is going to be at 247 kilometers into the stage. So going to stretch the legs on the fuel mileage right off the bat uh, where you're looking for about that 300 kilometer range uh, on these bikes. So 300 kilometer range, 0.62, three times six, you're looking at about 180 miles range out of it. So for those of you guys with the dirt bikes with the desert tanks on it, just imagine trying to ride 180 miles on one tank and that'll kind of give you an idea of what these guys are doing. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about tomorrow's stage as far as the composition goes. Uh, we're looking at 17% of it is going to be sand, 60% of it is going to be dirt. So that 60% dirt is going to be the interesting one. That is where the American contingent, the American guys are really going to shine. Uh, in my opinion, that is something that they have uh, practice on. I mean, that is the Southern California. That is the desert racing that they are exposed to out here. So hopefully the terrain is going to be similar and we'll get, be able to see guys like, you know, Ricky Brabeck, Skylar Howes, uh, Mason Klein, uh, Jacob Arubright, who are all very, very accomplished riders out in the desert, uh, as well as the rest of the ARO team, right? You've got Mo, Jeff, uh, David and Jim Pearson, Kyle McCoy, all of those guys have been racing a long time, been riding a long time. So this is definitely something that uh, they'll be suited for a little better uh, than if it was just 100% dune day. They are going to do about 15% tarmac, about 1% of stones and rocks. That's where I really think that uh, Argybright, from how I've seen some of his hair and hound riding and hair scramble riding, uh, I think that that is a, a, a section for him to make up time. He's really, really fast in those sections, I feel. Uh, and then, of course, Mason, Ricky, and Skylar all have no stranger to Baja, no stranger to the Nevada deserts uh, where they've got to go through some of this stuff. They are going to face about 7% dunes, but that's just kind of the minor or the the smaller portion of the stage and then 0% of that dry lake bed. So. I'm looking forward to it. I think that this is going to be a great stage. They are going to be looking for uh, to kind of start off and really start developing that. I don't think the teams are really that interested in the swing this year because of the different rules and things that they're applying, which is definitely interesting. So uh, one of the ones that's kind of recently caught more of my attention is the speed limit. They now have an overreaching speed limit or basically like a, a, an umbrella speed limit across the entire rally of 160 kilometers an hour. So 160 kilometers an hour, we go back and do the math. 100 kilometers is 62 uh, miles per hour. And then if you put in another six of that, so 132 to 60, so you're looking at about a 90, so about 100 mile, just figure about 100 mile an hour, that's it, can't cross that line. So uh, it was interesting. And if you haven't already started listening to the Dakar Daily podcast with Quinn Cody and Jesse Ziegler from Cycle News, uh, you definitely want to check that one out, too, because I was able to hear or listen to the Ricky Brabeck interview that they just did. And they were talking about that. And you would think, OK, oh, well, it's going to have 160 
kilometer an hour, 100 mile an hour speed limit the entirety of the event. And you think, okay, well, that, you know, that sucks. And that's, but at the end of the day, even Ricky mentioned it, it's not like you were doing that the whole time and that you had the ability to do that. Now, in some of the areas that you get into, yeah, it might be kind of easy to get to that speed, but at the same time, that's only very small sections of it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, A, you know, uh, it's going to hamper, it's going to, you know, make this event suck. It's just something a little bit different. What it will affect is for the guys that aren't paying attention to that. So you got to remember in the sport of rally, there's a few different things that go into it. It's not just, you know, go out, race, do your stage, and then done. It is a game of chess. You do have to abide by the rules. You do have to do certain things. And so um, as a few of the racers have said it, um, and particularly I heard it from Skylar Houses, it's very easy to get that time and, and give it away. And once it's gone, it's gone. You know, making that time up and trying to get it back is usually a recipe for disaster. So, uh, you know, it, blown waypoints, you blow one, you try and hurry up to get to the next one, you miss the next note, you're not even at a waypoint, and now you got to make up for that note. And so it turns into definitely a, a bigger challenge than, than you really wanted it to be. And you're just setting yourself up. So the big thing here is, is playing by the rules, you know, making sure that you're abiding by those speed zones making sure you're on point with that, you know, maybe just a kilometer under or right at the, you know, right on the money. I mean, it's, you got to play the game a little bit differently with rally. You know, you can't just go out and pin it and, and hope for the best. You know, you have to be strategic about it at all times. Uh, and that's where, you know, practicing and, and getting all of that navigation training in really makes it special, you know, and really makes it, uh, rewarding in a sense you know uh one of the things that ricky mentioned on the podcast with them and it was interesting too is like you know you want to take your eyes off the road as least as possible that's why you see on some of these towers how they have all the navigation equipment so high up you know to help avoid those different uh that to help avoid the time away from the terrain and one of the things that they talked about and I hadn't really thought about, but it makes sense is, you know, at speed, navigating at speed and trying to line the notes up, right? You cleared note one and two, note three is hanging out at the bottom. It's time to scroll that road book up to the top. And how do you do that? You know, like you don't want to be like super precise, slow down and then like, you know, inch it up little by little, like you kind of have to do it by feel. So it's very interesting. And you think well, like, oh, well, you could make it automatic. Yeah, except the problem is, is that early on in the stage, when the top roll is smaller than the bottom roll, it takes longer to move those notes across the screen and then or vice versa. Yeah, longer to move it at the beginning of the stage. And at the end of the stage, it's shorter to move it because the spool is much bigger up at the top. So it's little things that you don't necessarily think about that actually will make a difference. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this rally is going to play out. I feel like the entirety all 11 of the riders uh, headed to the Dakar this year. We're definitely training a lot more, training a lot harder, really, really focusing on that. You know, uh, one of the cool parts was following Jacob Argybright along and, and watching what he was doing. You know, he would create the rally, create the roadbook side of it, and then he would post it and he would post his actual trail or his actual track. And it was really awesome to see like, okay, yeah, here's where he made a mistake. And then you could see how quickly he picks up on that mistake. So... For those playing the home game, something about this, right? In rally, if you miss a turn and you get to it and you start to notice, hey, you know, my roadbook is not lining up. The faster you catch on to that, the faster you catch on to that mistake that you made the wrong turn, that you did the wrong thing, it makes it a lot easier in it to get back to where you were. You don't have to remember how far you went. And at the same time, 
you get back quickly, you lose less time than the person behind you if they get lost and they just keep going and it's you know, more than a few kilometers before they figure it out. So there's a lot to the game. Uh, that's what makes rally challenging. Uh, is it absolutely difficult? No, it's not impossible. Uh, are there days you get frustrated with it? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, there's road books that are maybe not clear in certain sections and you get lost, but then there's certain basic things that you can do uh, to find yourself again and get ready to to get on to the next stage. So I'm definitely looking forward to this year. You know, last year early on, they did mention that. Last year early on, there was a note in the book that was very tricky and most of the top teams got caught out on that and it basically changed the Dakar. So we'll see how how it progresses this year, see if there's any going to be any of those notes. So as many of the people that I've noticed or I've, I've spoke to uh, in the sport of rally, uh, that was something that also uh, Scotty from Baja Rally brought up, you know, more than a few times is a, you know, a road book will have a weak link. There's always that one note in the road book that is maybe just not 100%, you know, and that's what makes it tricky. And that's sometimes Sometimes it catches two people out. Sometimes it catches the whole field out, you know. And then what happens even worse is that you've got a tricky note in the road book. Then you've got 100 people that have gotten it wrong, and they've all gone one way. And then you've got 30 people that have gotten it right, and they've gone another way. Well, if you're, depending how late to that party you are, you may pick the other route because, well, 100 people went down the wrong path, and that looks like the path has been used more, so I'm going to go that way. And that's where navigating your own race really comes into play. So, again, we'll see. I mean, this is literally just the beginning of it. And, you know, we're going to have to find out uh, how the teams progress, how they do, and what, um, and what happens. Again, stage one is still right away, right off the bat, is a long stage for these guys. So we'll see how, how it pans out. And, again, I mean, I know these guys have been training. They've been doing their thing. I don't think that this is going to be an issue uh, with them. So once again, just to recap the time for you guys, uh, so we know, so stage one that is starting tomorrow is going to be a loop stage, C camp to C camp. First bike is going to be leaving at 6 10 a.m. Uh, from the Saudis, uh, from C camp itself. Uh, they are expected to start at 7 30 a.m. So that is for the first bike. That is going to be tentatively is Toby Price. That's what I'm seeing right now. So Toby Price would be leaving at 6 10 in the morning. 7.30 in the morning, he's going to be starting the stage. They are expecting the first bike to hit that finish line uh, at about 12.02 p.m. Uh, and then the first bike back at the bivouac anticipated at 14.10. So, again, those are all local Saudi times at the moment. Uh, let's see if we can get, uh, get to it. But there's about an 11-hour time difference. It does depend on where you're at here in the U.S., uh, but right now... Uh, that is the time schedule for these guys. So I'll get more information to you guys. I'll get uh, a way to tell uh, here. Let's see. Actually, let's look it up. I don't mind talking to you guys for a little bit longer here. Okay, so 6.10 a.m. What time is it right now in Saudi Arabia? Arabia. And it actually make it easier because it's all on one time zone. And let's see. Saudi Arabia time. It is currently 10 o'clock at night as I am recording this. Uh, so at 10 o'clock at night and these guys, the first bike going to be off at 6.30 or 6.10 in the morning. So I'm sure these guys will be waking up here in a few hours. Uh, 10 o'clock now, I probably assume they're going to be up by about 4 a.m. Uh, just to make sure they're, you know, food, bike ready, all the stretches, everything they need to do. So that is coming in soon. 
and I will be keeping up with it. So anyway, that's enough for today's episode. Again, that was just a quick preview. We do have that stage coming up again, 10 o'clock local time right now in Saudi Arabia. Uh, as you guys are listening to this right now, I am in Minnesota and it is currently one o'clock. So uh, a little bit of a difference there in time. All right. With that being said, guys, remember, it will make sense when you get there. Enjoy the ride. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. Bye.